This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Now, smartphones and tablets play a big part in many of our lives these days, but are they actually a barrier to -to face-to-face communication, especially when it comes to relationships? To find out, I'm joined by body language expert Judy James. Hi, Judy. Hello. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Now, this is a bit of a modern romantic problem, Judy. Is technology really getting in the way of relationships? Well, in a way it is, but it's building new ones that possibly it shouldn't do. So um, the new romance is tending to be with the technology itself. We're we're building quite obsessive relationships that maybe we're not realising how obsessive it's become with things like uh, mobile phones, etc. And we're forgetting to tune in to the people closest to us because these phones are taking our attention away and we're not using maybe the um, attention that we should be doing on partners. And even when we're going out on dates, you know, when we're with families, etc., we're prioritising in the wrong direction. There's nothing worse in a relationship than being ignored. Is that really the main issue? Yes, it is. And I I think, unfortunately, for the person doing the ignoring, I I don't think they see it as that. A lot of people say, oh, well, that's all right, because I can hear what you're saying and I can be on the phone at the same time or I can use social media at the same time. But in actual fact, the brain can't do two jobs at once, certainly not effectively. And it, it appears, A, very rude to the person that you're with. And also, it means, particularly in long-term relationships, I think we make too many assumptions about partners when we're in a long-term relationship, that we know them really well, that we don't need to speak to them as much as we used to because we know what they're thinking. And this has been proven to be quite dangerous rubbish in actual fact. The longer we're with somebody, often the gap starts to widen in how well we actually do know them. We forget to notice that they've changed and maybe their emotions are changing or, you know, just maybe their life is changing as well. So we need to keep that finger on the pulse. And I think, unfortunately, with this nationwide survey, we're finding out that people are investing the time that we should be doing in that, in doing things like 53% of us check our phones first thing in the morning before we check on our partners. <laughs> you know, it's, it's wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I'm guilty of that, and I may yeah. be. <laughs> well, we, I mean, it's quite good that we're thinking about it because a lot of the stuff that came up in the survey, I was blushing because I thought, I, yes, I do do that. Actually. <laughs> and I know that I, intellectually, I know that I shouldn't. I think I find it's okay because uh, my partner's doing the same thing. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure that's better really. I mean, I I know when I've seen people maybe out uh, for a romantic meal and only one of them is on the phone. Yes. um, Then I think, no, that's really mean. That looks so sad, doesn't it? Oh, dreadful. You feel like, even as a stranger, I feel like going up and saying, do you know what you... (laughs) Look, have you... There's somebody next to you that's actually probably much more rewarding. The big problem is that we're becoming lonely without realising it. So we're surrounding ourselves in a crowd of virtual reality people, people that we speak to via social media, um, people that we communicate with, in, in a way, sometimes complete strangers. You know, I mean, I sent a message to somebody on the other side of the world. I don't know who they are. They'd just see me on television. We had quite a nice bit of banter, but I don't know that person. And although it's a good thing to do... In terms of not feeling lonely and not feeling stressed, etc., and isolated, it will be the real relationships, people within touching distance. They're the ones that we should be uh, investing more in, as well as keeping the other ones, but not ignoring the real people. There's a real great irony to this situation, Judy, isn't there? Because we've never been able to communicate so effectively, really. But at the same time, the word you mentioned there, isolating, that is 
Mm. So true in many respects. I think it's um, sad. I, I mean, a lot of it is fun and a lot of it is good and it's opening up a lot of the world to us that maybe, as you said, wouldn't have been possible before. But I think we're kind of getting suckered into things that really are not that important for our well-being um, and it's taking up so much time. I mean, I talk to people now in business and particularly in the media and they often describe their success as being measured by how many followers they've got on social media. Well, that seems to be taking a precedent to talent or, I don't know, likability or whatever. It's, oh, well, I must I must be doing everything right because I've got... And it, it becomes a competition, X amount of followers on social media. And mm. I think they often feel that those people are genuine followers and genuine friends. Well, we need to get them into context and understand it's it's a nice way of spending a little bit of time. But if you sort of sent out a message saying, I've got to go to the dentist tomorrow, would anybody like to give me a lift and be there when I come out? They're not going to be those people. That will be friends and family that we've probably been too busy to deal with. Yeah, it's very disposable, isn't it? It's very kind of flippant and easy to forget that social media world. Yeah, and it's an easy world. I mean, I grew up being painfully shy. It's an incredibly easy world if you're shy because you don't... You, you send a message and in a way you haven't got to uh, monitor what the effect of your message is. You're, I mean, now we're in a two-way communication. I'm listening to your voice, I'm listening to your tone, etc. So I'm reading you and speaking to you, but it kind of cuts that part, that one side of that communication out, which makes the communication easier in a way because you just say what you want to say. But even with the difficulties of real relationships, and I know families can be annoying and we get into arguments and things like that, but unless we're, we're, we're learning through the experience of that, we're not getting the proper uh, rich relationships that we need, as I say, to, to make us happy and to stop us being lonely. Romance must really suffer if you'd rather tweet your partner than talk to them. It's dreadful, isn't it, really? I mean, I'm, I'm all for a little bit of flirting by sending messages during the day. I mean, that's lovely, but not not sitting there with them and, and you've still got your phone on the table or it's still rattling away in your pocket because you've got it on vibrate. I, I think these things give us validation. We think that because people are wanting to get into contact with us, we're important people, but we have to give people that we love undivided attention. Otherwise, it's you didn't watch Poldark and see them both <laughs> standing there with their phones. Um, you know, it, it's romantic to give somebody undivided attention, to tune into them properly and not just ask questions and then ignore the answers. You know, to hear, hear what they're hear what their tone sounds like, feel what their their hand feels like when you hold their hand across the table. That, that's how we really read people. As a body language expert, what are the benefits of face-to-face interactions rather than electronic ones? If I send a message to somebody and say, how are you? Um, and they send one back saying, fine. I'm going to have to take that as they're telling me. Whereas if I'm sitting opposite you um, and I say, how are you? I'm going to tune into, you might go, yeah, I'm fine. And I know immediately that you're not. Words are only, in actual fact, about 7% in terms of perceived impact of message. Only about 7% comes from the words. The lion's share will come from the tone of the voice that we use. Sometimes even the way somebody seems to be breathing, you can tell whether they're relaxed or not. And then when we get the body language, that will often be what we call leakage, which is uh, sometimes it will be incongruent to their verbal message, but it might be leaking out how they're really feeling if you see that they're fiddling or twiddling or looking distracted. And you can really tell a lot, I think, from someone's voice, much more so than, than the written word. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's why even getting on the phone and talking to people, I mean, you build a relationship more as you would have had with your parents. Because, I mean, with my mum, I could get on the phone to my mum and before I'd even spoken to her, she would know. She would say, you're upset about something. Or, <laughs> and it's because you're so finely tuned to that other person that immediately you can hear when something's not right or when they're feeling happy or excited. It doesn't take a lot, but you're not getting any of that. All you get on social media will be the dreaded emoticons and sort of <laughs> smiley <laughs> face, which doesn't mean anything, really. <laughs> Judy, uh, where can we go to, to learn some more about this research? It sounds very interesting. Yeah, they've looked at that and they've also looked at what I also find psychologically fascinating. We're so bonded to our phones and yet we don't bother to insure them. It's, it's sort of like the, the logical part of the brain seems to stop functioning when we deal with phones. <laughs> so um, all of that, it's on nationwide.co.uk forward slash flex plus. Judy James, many thanks for talking to me today. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Judy. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.